Hello, I'm Helen Daly. Welcome to Build It, Thou Come. Candid interviews with amazing Australian entrepreneurs who started with a humble idea and built it into something substantial and sustainable. It's the human face behind how they built it. On today's episode... We've never been preachy about alcohol consumption. We've just said, hey, find what works for you and reinvent what normal means to you. And I think that's been a big part of why people are resonating with what we're doing as a brand and as a business. With a grand mission to change drinking culture in Australia, four mates got together to create not only a new beer, but a beer with zero alcohol content. That sounds like an oxymoron in Hard Drinking Australia. But just two years ago, they did just that and launched a new beer brand, Heaps Normal. The mates were motivated by their own very personal reasons, including principal founder Pete Brennan not liking the version of himself that drinking alcohol produced. But beyond their individual desires, the foursome saw and seized on a gap in the market. They proudly proclaim being a purpose-driven beverage company, with Heaps Normal managing a massive scale-up. It's now sold in over 4,000 venues around the country, including bottle shops, restaurants, even supermarkets. But in alcohol-mad Australia, it was hard slog. When they first created their idea, they were almost laughed out of town. Hope you enjoy Pete Brennan. Peter Brennan, the one of the co-founders of Heaps Normal Zero Alcohol Beer brand. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Build It Thou Come. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Helen. Now, I have to say to you, non-alcoholic beer, it's really an oxymoron in Australia, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's it's a strange one to explain to people who are not aware of it sometimes. But I mean, beer in Australia, you know, it's always for two hundred years, it's been full strength pretty much. Although we've had uh, low alcohol beers, obviously, in the last several decades. But yeah. zero alcohol beer. Tell me where that idea came from, Peter. Um, the idea came from kind of two two areas really. One was. Um, um, a very personal level to me. My dad was a pretty abusive alcoholic. I lost him to suicide when I was 11 years old and kind of grew up in the shadow of that oh, my whole I'm so life. sorry and to hear that. No, don't be silly. It's all good. I, I talk about this stuff openly. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I've kind of, I've dealt with all the demons around that. So it's all good. And, and um, yeah, totally cool to chat about it. Um, so there was a very personal connection for me. And I think subsequently, I never had a good relationship with alcohol growing up in my 20s. I was the guy who would, you know, be the life of the party and then couldn't remember getting home and upset people that I cared about and, you know, um, got myself into trouble. And, and you know, the older I got, I'm, you know, I'm 41. I'm happily married with three beautiful children and just realized it kind of dawned on me a few years ago that, um, you know, I definitely had a, an itch I needed to scratch from that perspective. So that was kind of the one part of it. The other part of it was um, but I Peter, sorry, just staying, sorry, just staying with that point, mm. are you saying that you felt maybe you were heading along the same path as your dad and abusing alcohol too much? Yeah, potentially. I think, um, you know, back in, back in the day, there wasn't as much talk around, you know, can, like alcohol consumption and mental health issues and things like that. And I was finding the older that I was becoming, I was starting to question my choice in certain things. You know, I, I got to a point where 
I were I knew that alcohol was an issue for me. So did I avoid social occasions altogether or did I go out and pretend I had an ear infection that I'd been pretending for the last six months that wasn't going away and that was my excuse to not have a beer, you know? So um yeah, it was definitely scratching an itch. And and you know, like I was saying on the same side of things, um at the same time, I, I run a branding studio uh, called Electric and Analog, and we create and reinvent consumer brands. And, um, you know, three years in, had a little bit of imposter syndrome. Could we create a brand on our own without a client telling us what they thought was the right thing to do? So had this real kind of desire to create a brand the way that I thought a brand could be created. And, um, yeah, the stars aligned, and it, it turned into what we now know as Heaps Normal. Oh, look, it's extraordinary. We'll get into a couple of those points that you've raised, but you're on a mission. So the website says, and I've read a lot of what you've all been talking about, you're on a mission to normalize mindful drinking. What does that mean in your view, Peter? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because I think we all have, you know, everybody's different and we all have different relationships with alcohol and what we think is normal and you know one of the reasons that we call the business heaps normal is because we want to we want to challenge what normal is to a lot of people you know um for some people normal is going out and having eight beers and you know not remembering how you got home and and missing work the next day and for other people normal is going out and having a coffee in the evening and not drinking alcohol so we've we've always you know when we started the business we kind of we did the research and we realized that you know People don't respond well to being told what to do. So we've never been preachy about alcohol consumption. We've never said alcohol's the devil, don't drink. We've just said, hey, find what works for you and, you know, reinvent what normal means to you. And um, I think that's been a big part of why people are resonating with what we're doing as a brand and as a business. So how did you four friends get together? Because there were four of you and you you forged ahead mm-hmm. with the idea to not only brew your own beer, but to have no alcohol in it. How did that come about? And did you all bring different things to the table? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of knocked on a few doors in the early days and, and got politely laughed out of boardrooms and was told it would never be a thing. And, um, you know, it, there wasn't really much interest for that. Um, the first person that took me seriously was my co-founder and our CEO, whose name is Andy Miller. Um, he got it straight away. He just went, yep, I see the vision. I, I understand what you're trying to do. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all in. So um, I'd done a little was bit of work with Andy before. Was he a mate or... Right, yeah, or more yeah, a colleague. And, yeah, more of a um, – we'd, we'd done um, – Andy used to work at Young Henry's in Sydney, and um, we'd done some right. work with them as a branding studio. So, um, you know, him and I got to know each other a little bit through that. He'd since left the company and was consulting, and the timing worked out really well for him. And, and then we needed someone who, who could, you know, make beer. So we reached out to Benny Holdstock, who had worked with Andy at, at Young Henry's as well, and um, – you know, Benny's an incredible brewer. He's worked at the likes of Grifter and Four Pines and, you know, like I said, Young Henry's and Little Creatures and a few others. And um, he was the guy that really came in and kind of went, okay, this is a challenge. Like I've never made a beer without any alcohol before, but he, you know, he took it by, but he took the bull by the horns and, and, and moved forward and created a beer that has, um, you know, just under 0.5% alcohol, which anything under that can be classified as non-alcoholic. So um, to give you some perspective, a ripe banana can have 0.5% alcohol. Um, 
Oh, a really? Of orange juice I didn't know that. The fridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the, the sugars just ferment and, and naturally make right. under zero point five percent alcohol. So that's uh, we we use a very particular yeast that micro ferments just under that, so we don't take anything out, which is the the, the kind of historical way of making non-out beer. Um, and we pulled in Geordie Smith, who I've known since we were children. We used to surf with each other when we were kids, and um, the four of us kind of went to town and we made. We made 1,200 blank cans and we put a sticker on them and sent them out as far and wide as we could to people in the hospitality industry. And we got um, we got a we got a, a very common response. So people would sit, would drink it and they go, "This is delicious," and they'd start naming all the flavor profiles. And then we say, "What what alcohol percent do you think this is?" And they'd say four, four and a half, five percent. And then we said it's non-alcoholic and we just saw jaws hit the floor and people couldn't quite believe it. And um, I think that's when we realized we were potentially onto something. Right. So again, we'll get into a bit more detail of all that, but but essentially you're saying you didn't and you don't have to remove the alcohol. It's never in there in the first place. Correct. So the typical way, there's two typical ways to make non-alcoholic beer, which is traditionally how beer, like non-alcoholic beers are, has been around since the 1970s. It's yeah. nothing new. So um, you can either boil the alcohol off at the end um, or you could do this kind of vacuum reverse osmosis, um, vacuum distillation, it's called. And the problem with both of those is it takes a lot of the flavors and the ingredients out at the end. So typically a lot of the right. more traditional non-alcoholic beers are quite watered down a little bit. You know, a, a beer connoisseur would argue that it's lost all its flavor and tastes like fizzy yeah. water, which definitely didn't do the category any flavors, um, any flavors, should I say. Um, and what we did, we kind of really innovated on the production process. So we, we follow pretty much the same process as producing normal beer. It has all the same ingredients. We just don't take anything out at the end. We use a, a, a yeast that micro-ferments just under 0.5%. So nothing's taken out and it allows you to have this full-flavored mouthfeel of, a, of a, what you would call a normal alcoholic beer um, without the alcohol. Right. Now, your website rather playfully says... A designer, a brewer, a pro surfer, and a ginger walk into a bar. Now, which one are you? I'm the designer, even though I do have a ginger beard coming through between the white hairs. Um, yeah, my, my background's design. I've, I, I've studied graphic design straight out of school um, and I've kind of, you know, built my career around around being a designer. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently head of brand. I'm one of the co-founders at Heaps Normal, and I guess everything brand kind of falls on my head in a way. But we all we all kind of work together as a team. We've got a, we've got 23 staff now, and you know the four of us are co-founders, are very active in the business. So um, yeah, it's definitely a team effort. Yeah, amazing. What made you think? Let's just go back to the beginning again. What made you think that Australia was ready for a zero alcohol beer? I mean. Did you actually do any real market research? We did. We didn't. We didn't pay a research agency to go out and do that kind of stuff. I think, um, you know, as an as an early stage entrepreneur, there's there's some magic in that naivety and having a gut feeling and things. I travel a lot for work. I've been to the US uh, quite a few times in Japan on business and recognised that there was a, a kind of growing movement of um, younger people in particular um, in Tokyo and LA, for example, that were cutting down their alcohol consumption um, when going out. And that was, you know, a, a real big kind of factor for us to consider. Um, and we did the research and realised, you know, alcohol costs the economy billions of dollars a year in terms of disease and 
car accidents and domestic violence and all that kind of stuff. So we, we, we really felt in our heart there was something there. And like I said, we all had different reasons as well, you know, like um, not, not all of us had alcoholism in the family, but Geordie Smith, for example, as a co-founder, he's a, he's a pro surfer. He's a, you know, consistently top five in the, on the world tour in the last few years. And for him, he wanted to have a competitive edge. You know, he wanted to, he's come runner up to being the world champion twice. And he wanted to have that wow. competitive edge that would allow him to win a world title. Um, you know, with Benny, it was the very Meaning, much the sorry, he just doesn't want to hang, he, yeah, he just, he just didn't want the hangover the next day, but still wanted to be social, wanted Correct. to have the flavor and the taste of beer. Yeah, exactly. I think I think as a society we've become kind of, you know, conditioned that we we have a drink. You know, we drink to commiserate, we drink to celebrate, and everything in between. Um, and it's just become part of our DNA as humans. You know, yeah. in, in the Western world, we just we we grow up and we see mom and dad having a glass of wine with dinner, and we just think it's normal. And you know, we're, we're challenging that. You know, it doesn't have to be normal yeah. to go out and drink alcohol and not remember things in the morning. What were the other two's motivations? Um, so uh, Andy's traveled a lot. He's um, he's done some wild things. He traveled through China in his pajamas, amongst other crazy things. So he's fascinated <laughs> with uh, with with culture change, and 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 he definitely saw that as a as a challenge that he wanted to kind of tackle and, and take on board. And you know, for Benny, um, you know, as as a production, as a brewer, um, you know, we were under the um, you know, the, I guess the opinion that there wasn't any good non-art beers out there. So we wanted to try and make mm. one that tasted really good and people thought it was a normal beer and could enjoy it in the same way. So Peter, take me back to that beginning time. Were you almost laughed out of town? Yeah, kind of. I, I met with three established breweries um, through our network and walked in with a pitch deck and an idea and kind of sold them on the size of the market and the branding and everything else and was, you know, politely told this probably isn't going to work and, you know, it's a n- nice idea, but it w- there wouldn't really be a market for it. Um, but, you know, like a dog without a bone, I just couldn't let it go and, and, and kept barking up the wrong trees until I found the right tree, which was... <laughs> which was Mr. Andy Miller. And um, yeah, here we are. We, t- we turned two at the end of this month. So we we're still very, very early days. But, um, you know, the, the business has gone from strength to strength and we're, we're super excited. Yeah. So just to be clear, did you actually want to be beer brewers first and foremost, or was it really this idea to make a beer with no alcohol that was the driving force at the start? It was definitely the latter. We don't want to make normal alcoholic beer. I don't think it's ever going to be part of our DNA. We're a dedicated non-alcoholic beer company. Um, you know, when, when we kind of went to went to market, there wasn't Carlton Zero wasn't live yet by any means. It was uh, it was probably you know just about to be launched, and it kind of launched just before we did. And um, but we've always been a dedicated non-alcoholic beer company. Um, we've we've got two. Kind of core skews in our range. We've done a, a special release as well, and as we build out that that portfolio of beers, they're they're all going to be absolutely non-alcoholic. So yeah, we ne- we never wanted to be a normal beer company, that's for sure. So what's the difference between your two beers that you have out now? Our first product is called the Quiet XBA, which is an extra pale ale. It's kind of the typical fruity 
you know what you'd expect from a craft beer company um right. and it's it's um it's yeah it's exceeded all of our expectations it's it's won gold at the world beer awards for best non alcoholic congratulations um, amazing really Thank you. Yeah, it's that, that's all on Benny as I head brewer for sure. But um, yeah, we're really proud of that one. Um, it also, it was the highest um, ranking on the Gab's Hottest 100, which is the equivalent of the Emmy Awards, you know, for the beer industry. It, it ranked um, number 20, which is the highest, you know, by far non-alcoholic beer, um, which is really exciting. Wow, and then and our second ranked, beer is... Sorry, ranked in popularity, taste or sales? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a it's a, a popularity competition to, to be honest. Right. Um, so, you know, Gabs um, launched this this hottest one hundred event every year, and um, you know all the beer companies submit who they their beers that they want to put forward, and then they reach out to yep. the community and and everybody votes. So uh, yeah, our XPA came in at number twenty, um, which you know brilliant beating essentially. 80 other alcoholic beers, which is really exciting. Um, and then, yeah, our second product is called Another Lager, which is more of a traditional kind of, um, you know, old school lager type beer. Um, and we launched that at the end of last year as well. And that's um, that's really starting to take off now too. So we're just grateful that people are really getting behind what we're doing. Yeah. I just wonder if you could explain a little bit more about this this idea behind your messages, which are very clever. You're not telling people don't drink or you must be sober. It's much more subtle than that, but you are saying don't get wasted on alcohol. How did you think through these messages and, and sort of come to what you would then market yourselves as? Yeah, look, I think for me, it comes down to the fundamental realization that if you tell somebody what to do, they're probably not going to listen to you, you know, and, and I always use two, two polarizing examples of that. My little boy is four. If I say don't touch that hot plate, he's 100% touching the hot plate no matter what. Um, and then on the macro scale, you know, you look at what the government are doing with smoking cigarettes. They've been telling us to stop smoking cigarettes yeah. for years, but no, people still smoke cigarettes, you know. So we kind of we well, kind of it has in the wind. All right. It has, it has, but a lot of people, you know, generally speaking, people just don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, when we launched, we thought very, very clearly we don't want to be preaching sobriety, we don't want to be telling people not to drink. So we've always said we love we make people we make beer for people who love a beer but they want to cut down their alcohol consumption that could be for the night because they're driving it could be for life because they identify as sober or it could be anything in between those two things and you know people are really resonated with what the brand stands for and they've really got behind us which is really exciting yeah so the narrative or the story is really important to you guys, but do you think young men in particular, but young women too, think about those sorts of things as they're deciding whether to go for heaps normal or something else when they're buying it in the bottle shop? Yeah, look, I think, you know, people buy into brands that they identify with and they 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 believe in. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's wonderful that our product itself is um, – has won all sorts of awards and, and the like. Um, but our brand's done really well too, you know, like we've, um, we, we were recognized by Interbrand, one of the biggest global branding agencies in the world as a breakthrough brand last year. Um, we've won a number of awards, uh, awards in the last couple of months or last few months for, for brand work as well. Um, to answer your question, um, it, it's a very, it's a very interesting journey for us as a brand because we hear these incredible stories from our community day in, day out. And there's been a few in particular, um, that I, that I kind of like to bring to the forefront. One is um, 
you know, in the early days, we had an, we still got this, an independent bottle shop that lives it's down the road from where I live, and we're good friends with the owners. And we were kind of popping in to see how it was going. And the lady behind the counter said, Oh, the strangest thing happened. You know, on Friday, these four young guys came in in their late teens, early 20s, and they were scanning the fridge for what beer to you to, to, to buy for the Friday night. And um, they, they all picked up a four pack of Heaps Normal. And she thought to herself, They've fallen for the branding. They don't realize it's non alcoholic. Let me flag that and let them know so she just went guys just to let you know this is non-alcoholic they all four all four of them went yep we understand we're, we're landscape gardeners we've got to work in the morning wow. we want to go for a surf before work but we're going to a house party tonight so the younger Fantastic. generation are picking up on it yeah yeah it's really it's really great you know um it, then we had another story of a bottle shop where an old man came in and looked really downcast and you know the bottle shop owner said are you okay and he goes no i've just come back from the doctor and he said i can't drink anymore so i'm gonna die and he said um you know you've got to understand i've got four friends our wives have passed away we go to the pub oh. at four o'clock every day and we we drink beers and we, we that's our church you know and then we go home and we feed our dogs and we have dinner and we go to bed and that's our daily routine and we can't do that anymore so he sold him a four pack of heaps normal and he came back the next day and bought a four pack for his mates and they came in and bought a case for themselves and the pub they go to is now a customer of ours. Um, so there's kind of this, this kind of like age breach from young to old mm. pregnant women. I had no idea pregnant women love non-alcoholic beer as much as they do. We get weekly messages from, from, you know, women who are pregnant going, I, I thought I couldn't go to the pub with my friends on the weekend. Now I can because heaps normal served at my favorite pub. So it's definitely breaking down barriers. It's definitely exceeding expectations. And, um, you know, I think the product and the brand together, They've just kind of married in a, in a way where it's a, a, a real perfect perfect sum of all parts. Yeah. So, Peter, what you're saying is there's just it, – it's actually a seismic shift really going on. Can you I- explain it in that, you know, Australia has had such a drinking culture. And as you mm. said at the outset, you know, it's always associated with our footy grand finals or the Grand Prix wins, the sport. So being healthy in sport and yet it's always associated with alcohol and it, it's almost a rite of passage to get, you know, wasted, um, that sort of thing. But are you saying you're really seeing a big shift in that? I am, yeah. I, I, I do believe there's a big shift in that and the, the data backs it up. Um, you know, I think people are very conscious of what they put into their body these days, um, yeah. whether that's food or drink. You know, the health and wellness trend in general is, is really exploding. Um as awful as it sounds to say this, I think COVID really worked in our favor. You know, the first lockdown, people went to Dan Murphy's and stocked up and drank their way through it. And the second lockdown, they said, we can't do that again. And, um, you know, our timing was just, it was what it was. You know, we were there and, and people kind of tried heaps normal and they, they identified they enjoyed it as much as a normal beer. And um, I think it's definitely shifting. You know, the mindset is shifting because yeah. I think our drinking culture is broken fundamentally. We'll get to COVID in a moment because I just want to still stay right at the beginning. Um, I mean, when did the idea between the four of you take hold and how much experimentation did you have to do with the brewing, with the tastes and the flavours before you settled on a product? And when did you put that first product out? Yeah, so we, um, I think, you know, the four of us as co-founders, we within the first few meetings of kind of sitting down with each other, we realized we wanted to be on this journey together, which, which was, which was really wonderful, you know, for, for a startup 
co-founder to realize that there's three other people around him that you know are all aligned and, and want to be on, yeah. the, on that journey together is great so um that kind of took off straight away um in terms of the the process yeah i mean Benny, Benny's a wizard, you know, he, um, he has this pretty detailed home set up in his kitchen of how to make beer and that's where things start. And, um, really you know, in the kitchen. Liter- <sighs> yeah, literally. Um, you know, it's, it's how, it's how he tinkers and he, you know, um, tests and, and refines and, and, you know, gets that feedback loop going. And it's, it's really interesting because he'll taste a, a warm, um, you know, flat, unfizzy, uncarbonated version of the beer and go, this is delicious. And I'll taste it and, and nearly spit it out. But, um, you know, he's, he's got a very educated palate and he knows that once it's scaled to production sizes and carbonated and cooled down, it will taste good. And to his credit, it's worked every time. And then when did you put your first product out and how long did that whole experimentation process take? Yeah, so the Quiet XBA we launched it um, at the end of July 2020. So in the next three wow. weeks, we will we'll, we'll be kind of two years in, in market, which is which is an exciting milestone for us. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it we 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 brewed the beer the, um, the beer in, in silver cans initially, and we put stickers on them, and um, like I said, we hand deliver them to restaurateurs and sommeliers around Sydney that we knew and further abroad. And, um, yeah, the, the feedback was overwhelming. So we, we decided to, uh, you know, all put some money in and scale that from a home brew to, to a production brew with our brew partner. And, um, it, it kind of went from strength to strength. In part two of our chat next time, Heaps Normal's Pete Brennan on how they turned building a beer company on its head and being accepted on the competitive Startmate Accelerator program for startups was a game changer for Heaps Normal. Join me then. I hope you enjoyed Build It, Thou Come. Let me know via Twitter and LinkedIn. Better still, let your family, friends and colleagues know by sharing it around your networks. And I'd love you to give it a star rating on Apple Podcasts to make it easier for others to find us. Be sure to subscribe as there are plenty of upcoming episodes you don't want to miss with more amazing innovators and entrepreneurs on how they turn their light bulb idea into an empire.